Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Fly ball, left center, Carlson over, he got it! Oh, what a catch by Dylan Carlson! And he robs Lorenzo Kane. fist pump from Wayno. The 0-1, O'Neal hits it up the middle, stumbling, race to the bag, O'Neal beats it out, the run scores! That's Molina, and we're tied, 1-1. What an opening day it was. Welcome into the Danny Mac show with BK. BK is covering the Blues practice. I'm in studio here at 101 ESPN. The Cardinals win it by the final of 3-1. to one. And there's so much to get into from the fans returning to the stands. Uh, Hall of Famers at the ballpark. Tribute to Lou and Gibby. Ceremonial first pitch rolling to Arenado. The emotional return for Colton Wong. Uh, Wayno gives you five. Yachty starts a two-out rally. Arenado, the home run. It was a great, great opening day. BK, always good morning to you. How are things going? Good morning, Dan. Now, the, my favorite call from Danny Mack in your history, or at least my history of watching the Cardinals with you on the call, is Matt Holliday's final home run as a Cardinal. That's my favorite Danny Mack call. This is right up there for number two, my friend. That was a special, special moment yesterday at Bush Stadium. I we, When we have former Cardinals on or we ask our listeners yesterday, what's your favorite opening day moment, right? Everybody's got one that immediately comes to their mind's eye. There were kids in the stands yesterday that when they grow up and they are asked that question, they will respond with the day that Nolan Arenado made his debut at Bush Stadium. That was my favorite home opener. Yesterday was a special, special day, man. I appreciate it. It was fun. It was great. And it was a classic considering uh, the acquisition of Arenado. We've been talking so much about him. So the fans got their first chance to uh, greet him here in St. Louis. And what was it like for him? I've never gotten a curtain call before. And uh, to get one of those was just an unbelievable feeling. Um, never had that. It was just so pumped up and you know it felt like a packed house here today um those got you know the fans got so loud and it was just an amazing day but just to get that current call help the team win it's just a you know it's harder it's hard to put into words how special it was for me and my family adam wainwright uh, after the game talked about what it means to be a cardinal on opening day what the celebration is like for the city and what it was like for nolan adam olson our head trainer and me at the exact same time just said have your first cardinal moment right now like your like your first big cardinals bush stadium moment and then it was on a delay you know we're watching on delay inside and all of a sudden we hear the the, the cannons go off and we're like did he do it did he do it and then it, you know it was a homer so i was proud of him excited for him and 
happy for him, you know, that that uh, he was able to have that moment. I, I just wish, I just, I just wish he could have had, you know, the the fans were as loud and 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 awesome as as they could possibly be. They were they were just on their feet and going crazy. But just imagine with forty five, forty six, forty seven thousand or whatever, how that would have been. Yeah, it would have been even bigger. It would have been as special. But for those that were in the ballpark or watching on television, as you said, BK, it's a moment you don't forget because the buildup was so big and he had come up. Remember earlier in the game, he had a runner at third in the first inning and one out and didn't come through. And you thought if he comes through there, that nice. This is a nice way to start your career in St. Louis. I don't know about you, but that was a better way to finish it. That was awesome what happened yesterday. It was amazing, Dan, and I, I think it was Mike Schilt who said after the game yesterday that it felt like a storybook ending, and it's true. Like, Disney wouldn't even write that because it's just a little too on the nose. Like, that that was a little too perfect with the Cardinals. I mean, let's be honest, struggling at the plate yesterday, Burns was outstanding for much of that game, and then when they needed it most, and this has been the theme of the early season for the Cardinals, They had somebody come through with the big hit or the big play at the right time. And it seems like another consistent theme is that that guy that comes through is Nolan Arenado. Like, in some ways, Dan, Arenado and in a sense as well, Yadier Molina, they've become like the identity of the 2021 St. Louis Cardinals already. This team plays with a fire and an intensity that is contagious. If I'm a Cardinals fan today... I feel really good about where this team is at, despite some of the obvious deficiencies that we could get to at a later time. But these guys just, they feel like it is, that was an over my dead body game yesterday. Nolan Arenado was not losing that game. Yadier Molina was not losing that game. And so the St. Louis Cardinals were not going to go away, regardless of how tough the first six innings were for them. So Mike Schilt knows that Nolan Arenado, St. Louis Cardinals, this city, it's a match made in heaven. Uh, Yeah, I get goosebumps thinking about it. Um, You know, look, this is a guy that, you know, part of our DNA, the Cardinal DNA, nothing, you know, just who we are, not making it any more or less. It's just, you know, we represent and enjoy and our fan base enjoys good fundamental baseball and and players that play with you know passion players that have talent clearly um players that do the little things players that are you know play defense players that respect the game players that work hard and and um you know no one's got all these attributes he does he's a great player he's going to the hall of fame more than likely at least on that trajectory probably on his way to his ninth gold glove. And by the way, he's a middle of the order bat that can produce and produce with loud, loud contact. As we saw yesterday, I thought a couple things after the game that surprised me. Number one was he said he had never, as we heard earlier, never gotten a curtain call. And I was thinking to myself, this guy is going to get curtain calls when he makes a great play in the field you're going to see it he's going to be here a long time and you're going to see something that no other third baseman maybe has ever done in st louis which includes scott Rowland. he's that good he's made some really good plays but we haven't seen like the oh my gosh where were you when you saw that play dynamic play he'll get a curtain call for that he'll get a standing ovation the other thing was when he came out for the curtain call a lot of guys just give a little tip of the cap or a little wave He's fist pumping, screaming, and I thought that is what has been missing at times, the passion that I want to see out of my players. And like you said, the will to win, we're not going to lose this game. It kind of came out in that moment. A lot of guys, great players that have been here, they, they don't 
and it doesn't mean they don't play with passion. You just may not see the passion. You may not see the hunger that's burning inside. We know it's burning inside with Yachty and Wayno and Matt Holiday and some of the others. Paul Goldschmidt. You wouldn't see Paul Goldschmidt do that. You'd see a very courteous tip of the cap, and that's fine. That's his personality. But the personality of Nolan Arenado is that there's a fire that burns to win, and he's going to show it. And I love it. And I think fans eat it up too, BK. He's almost got a football mentality as a baseball player. Where it's like you you feel the passion and the intensity through the screen. Like, Dan, as you guys were on the call yesterday, um, and I heard BT afterwards, he's like, I think this guy's going to like playing here in St. Louis. And I think it was you who said, yeah, and I think the Cardinals fans are going to like him as well. And it's just like you can feel you can feel the love affair already between St. Louis and Nolan Arenado. Everything that we were told that he would be, he's been that. He's shown us all of it. You mentioned it. He hasn't shown us the generational play at third base yesterday but we'll we'll see that that's coming everything else the great play defensively at third base the consistent professional at bats the power that okay I'm done hearing about the Coors effect I never want to hear about that ever again because forget it this guy's got real power it it's he is a true like if there's six tools for a player, the five tools that we always talk about, and then the six would be the intangibles of the intensity, the competitiveness, all of that. He's got all of them. And he's everything that you could possibly want for in a franchise cornerstone. The Cardinals were looking for somebody that could carry the torch after Wayno and Yachty are gone and they've moved on, right? Oh, Nolan this is Arnado. the guy. This is the guy. This is the guy that you've been looking for. He is going to be everything that Cardinals fans could have hoped for. Corbin Burns was sailing along in this game. He later came out and said that he was basically his legs weren't under him in that final inning. If you're wondering why he was taken out. So he was at 87 pitches. And by the way, he is the best the Cardinals have seen this year. He was awesome. So the Cardinals had to come back. Nolan did it with the big bat at bat, but also with some really good at bats that kind of grinded through to get the game tied and then eventually win it. Um, we're scrappy, man. We don't give up. Um, you know, credit goes to the coaches staff and all the way down. Um, these guys come ready. They're prepared. And, uh, you know, it's just a great group. Nobody panics, and uh, I've been really impressed with that. I, I was so thankful they took him out of the game, Corbin Burns, because he was awesome. The Cardinals were not going to get to him. He was – this guy's a Cy Young candidate, and he's the best I've seen so far that the Cardinals have faced, albeit a young season. But, man, was he good. And the Cardinals were able to get to the bullpen of the Brewers. And that's the trend that we've seen here, BK, big picture. Nobody is leaving their starters in a long time unless you're Lance Lynn and you go throw a complete game and a shutout like he did for the White Sox. But generally speaking, uh, no one's going deep. And, the, the you know, Milwaukee did him a favor by taking him out of the game. They had to. He, he said, my legs weren't there. I was done. And they went to the bullpen, and that's how they won that game. Yeah, you guys mentioned it on the broadcast. I thought it was a good point. Even if they brought in Devin Williams, if they brought in Josh Hader, you just needed to see somebody else. Yes. You needed a different look because I know how tremendous those guys are. They're, they're fantastic pitchers. Burns was just not – they weren't going to beat him yesterday. It, it wasn't going to happen. And so – to see them be able to put together some big time at bats. And you know who we're not talking enough about today is Tyler O'Neill because that was a really, really, really big play for him. They decided to intentionally walk Justin Williams to get to Tyler O'Neill. I always say it's not about what people say, it's their actions. That will tell you what they think of players. For them to do that, to get to go up against Tyler O'Neill tells you what the Brewers think right now about Tyler O'Neill at the plate. And he responded, and he had a hustle play that I know St. Louis is going to appreciate. He gets on base, and that set everything up. 
That, that was a big play by him. And then, of course, the Nolan Arenado homer is what puts you over the top. But let's not forget Tyler O'Neill, that play, the RBI. And then also another big play early on in the game, Dylan Carlson with the big-time catch in center field that ended up saving probably three runs. That could have been the difference in the game right there as well. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to go at Tyler O'Neill and not pitch to Williams because you had a righty-lefty matchup at that sure. time. And Yardley is a unique pitcher in which he's kind of a sidewinder and flipping up breaking balls where sometimes those breaking balls don't move. Right-handed batter, you can some not always, sometimes get away with it. A lefty, it's in his wheelhouse, and you're asking for trouble. And Williams had lined out in the previous at bat, I believe, but he had shown that he would made an adjustment. I just don't like sidewinders against the lefty. I think you're really asking for trouble there. So they pitched around him on the first two pitches, went to 2-0. and They eventually walk him and intentionally. And the key was you may be waking up this morning and go, where was Colton Wong in that game? So they had a shift there for Tyler O'Neill. It went to what was the new second baseman, not Colton Wong. And he was going to race to the bag. And I give Williams credit. He got a good jump on the ground ball to make it close at second. So it's a bang-bang play. He elects not to go try to get the force play at second, throw to first. And he had slipped on the play. I'm not saying Colton Wong makes that play, but he probably does. Uh, you know, he's he, the guy slipped on the play. It happens. It was a rainy, you know, semi-slick surface. It happens. Maybe Colton Wong slips on the play. But... Later, we found out that Colton Wong was dealing with a bad oblique, so that's why he was taken out. He had been dealing with that in the previous series, re-aggravated it, and that's why he was out of the game, and that is a huge factor in the game, not having BK Colton Wong out there on the field. Yeah, but it's also put the ball in play, and yeah, let's see what happens, right? You know, I mean, yes, you are absolutely correct. Colton Wong not being out there, big part of why that happened, but... You're going to go up against other teams that don't have Colton Wong at second base this year. They're going to have a guy like Mike Moustakis playing at second. That's because right. They think put they it can in play. Him there. Just put it in play. And that's been the biggest issue this year for Tyler O'Neill, striking out 50% of his plate appearances so far. If you just put the ball in play with his speed, you got a real chance. And I, it, it's almost speaking out of both sides of my mouth here because I don't want him to give up that power to just put it in play. But if you can get some sort of a combination of those two, he's got the skill, he's got the talent to be able to be a really good player. And he saw it come through in that spot, and we've got to see more of that moving forward. Jeff Levering, the play-by-play -play voice of the Brewers, is coming up. We'll get their perspective on what they saw yesterday and look ahead this weekend. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Park yesterday, the home opener here in St. Louis, and we say hello to and get the other perspective of things to Jeff Levering. He is the play-by-play -play voice of the Milwaukee Brewers and my good friend, and I'm really appreciative of his time today, and I'm sorry we had to play that highlight, uh, Jeff, coming back. I know it was probably a little different sounding highlight on your end. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fine, thanks, Danny, and you took the words right out of my mouth. It's probably a good thing you didn't play mine. Hey, you, have to appreciate, you, you do have to appreciate the moment from Nolan Arenado, though. He hadn't had a hit yet in the ball game. Corbin Burns made him look a little silly in his first couple of at-bats. 
But it's a huge moment for the St. Louis Cardinals and a bigger one for Nolan Arenado, the biggest third baseman and the biggest third base acquisition in Cardinals history, I would say. Yeah, Corbin Burns, by the way, I was saying this with BK uh, before you came on in the first segment. That is the best we have seen this year, and it's not even close. This guy's got a chance to win the Cy Young if he stays healthy and continues to do what he's doing. He was absolutely awesome yesterday. Yeah, there's no doubt. He was he was phenomenal. Gives up a base hit, and, and if Christian Yelich is able to squeeze that triple by Tommy Edmond, he might not have given up a hit in his entire six innings. Uh, he might have even gone a little bit longer than those six innings. He, he's just been phenomenal in his first two starts. And I think the stat that, that really uh, comes to my mind, not just the fact that he's given up two hits and two starts, but he hasn't walked anybody. Um, and that's been a big thing for Corbin Burns uh, over the course of his career. Of course, in 2019, he had some major problems, giving up home runs and walking a ton of hitters. And even last year, he had a, a few too many walks. But this year, no walks, a bunch of strikeouts, and just pure filth. Um, fastball that cuts, that also he can, he can manipulate to where it goes into the right-handed hitters, the slider, the curveball. And now he's throwing a 90 to 92 mile an hour changeup. It, it's almost an embarrassment of riches right now for Corbin Burns. Jeff, I wanted to ask you about the moment at the very beginning of that game with Colt Wong stepping to the plate and the ovation that Cardinals fans gave him and the emotions that Colt Wong showed in that moment. What was that like for you to be able to take in from the Brewers' side of things? Uh, I think it's it was awesome. Um, and I, having known Colton as long as I've known him, um, getting to getting an opportunity to get to know him and his family. When he was coming through the organization, through the Cardinals organization, when I was in Springfield in 2012, before he made his Major League debut, uh, I just know how much work he's put into uh, being a good baseball player and being a good human being. And, and he appreciated everything that happened in St. Louis. He appreciated becoming a big leaguer and becoming a gold glove winner multiple times and, and winning World Series and, and having just a great opportunity to be in St. Louis. And I know he appreciates that and he appreciates the fans. And it was not easy for him to, to walk away from the Cardinals. Um, he, he, he mentioned something to me the other day over a Zoom. He goes, hey, listen, I, I, I think I'm really going to have a tough time that first game. And that was clear. But at the end of the season, I hope Cardinals fans really grow to, to really think that I'm a pest. Um, so that means game one, fine. I'm going to let my emotions get the best of me at times. And, and facing Adam Wainwright, too, one of his best friends in the organization, is not easy. Um, so he said, I think he did me a favor by throwing me four straight pitches out of the zone where I couldn't, I didn't even need to offer a swing because I couldn't see because I was crying. And I thought it was a great moment. I thought it, was, it spoke, to, spoke volumes to the fan base in St. Louis and to Colton Wong as a human. How do you like the Brewers this year? I, I really love what they've done defensively with Wong and Jackie Bradley Jr., although he hasn't hit yet. But um, just in a general sense, how do, you, how do you like your team? I think that they're going to be really competitive. And just because of the starting pitching, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns, the last three starts from those three guys, they've given up a collective three hits in 18 innings. Um, so I, I think the starting pitching is the strength of this team, and it's been a really long time since you've been able to say that about a, a Milwaukee Brewers team. I think eventually they're going to end up hitting. I don't think Keston Hero is a one-for-23 type of hitter. I think he's better than that. Jackie Bradley Jr. is better than that. Um, Colton Wong reaggravated his oblique injury. I don't know what his timetable is going to be, but the day off today is going to, going to tell a lot. But he needs to stay in that lineup. 
um, in order for it to be consistent. But I think it's a better offensive team. The bullpen, I think, is better than what it's shown so far this year, especially Devin Williams, who had a short spring training, and Drew Rasmussen, who threw, he throws really hard. You can see the potential after he gave up the home run to Arenado in the eighth. Uh, but I think the bullpen is better than what they've shown so far. I think the club's going to be very competitive over, over the course of 162. Jeff, what needs to happen for the Brewers? We talk about this all the time with the Cardinals, where like we're pretty good, we're pretty sure they're going to be a good team. And here's the like three things that need to happen for them to be a great team. What are those things for the Brewers? Who are maybe it's the swing players, if you will? Who are those guys on the Brewers this year? Well, they need to hit. I think I think consistency on offense is what they've been striving for for the last couple of years. And and it's not just one guy; it's multiple guys. I think Christian Yelich, who had three hits. Uh, in the ball game in Chicago before coming to St. Louis. That's a big, big guy. Travis Shaw had three hits yesterday, and since the trade of Orlando Arcia, which I think surprised a lot of people, not just in Milwaukee, but but through baseball, that the Brewers ended up trading Orlando Arcia to Atlanta a couple of days ago. But now, because of that, Luis Urias and Travis Shaw have to have good seasons, have to have great seasons. What are you going to get defensively from Keston Hero over at first base? I think Omar Narvaez is a, a very fine player behind the plate. He catches very well. He's swinging the bat to, to a really good start this season. Uh, and, and I think really one of the, the big swing guys, too, is Lorenzo Cain. How many games can you guarantee that he's going to play? What are you going to get out of him? After he played six games in 2020 and then opted out for the rest of the season. He's got two more years left on his deal. He's getting up there in age. He's the oldest player on the team at 36. So what are you going to get out of Lorenzo Cain? Can you get 135 games out of him this season? Those are all kind of things that are clouding over over what might happen over the course of this 2021 season with the Brewers. Devin Williams and Josh Hader, how are they going to use their bullpen if all things go to plan, you know, and and guys are rested, that kind of thing? Who gets the final out, or is it mix and match? What what are they going to do with those two, which is maybe the best one-two punch that anybody's got in their bullpen? Yeah, they're pretty special. I, I still think that they go Devin Williams in the eighth and then Josh Hader in the ninth. You know, if you're, you're game seven of the NLCS and you're playing against the Cardinals or you're playing against the Dodgers or whoever it might be, who are going to get those last three outs? And I think Craig Council would say it's going to be Josh Hader. Um, he's just been so good consistently over the last couple of years, and now his velocity is ticking up even more, and he's throwing his slider with a lot more efficiency and a lot more depth. Uh, I, I still think Josh Hader is one of the best relievers in, in the National League, if not all of Major League Baseball. But Devin Williams is certainly holding his own, and, and again, after a slow start, he didn't appear in a spring training game until after St. Patrick's Day. So his outing against the Cubs the other day in the eighth inning, which was the second of the season, was just his seventh time that he has pitched since the end of last season. So he's still kind of going through a little bit of spring training, and when all said and done, I think he, he recalibrates and gets himself back to what he was last year. The voice of the Brewers, Jeff Levering, joining us here on 101 ESPN. Jeff, I know the Cubs' record looks pretty good right now, but, I mean, their wins have basically come against the Pirates, which I'm not going to count this year. Um, what did you see in that series against Chicago? What, I know they haven't been hitting, but what, did you, what was your early impression of the Chicago Cubs? I mean, any time that you still have the core of your team together that won a World Series, I think I think that they're going to be competitive. That's the Contreras, Bryant, Baez, and Rizzo, and all those guys are going to be free agents at the end of the season. So they've got something to play for, not just not just for the Cubs, but for themselves too. And I think at the end of the day, those four guys have have pretty good seasons. Now they haven't surrounded them with with much. I, I still like Ian Happ at the top of the lineup. 
I, I don't know what Jason Hayward's going to do this year. He's been better over the last couple of seasons, but he's still a wild card, I think. Um, but I, I just their pitching is is what is really surprising to me. It seems like everybody is the same person that comes out of that starting rotation. Uh, Jake Arrieta is their hardest thrower, and he throws ninety three, ninety four now. Zach Davies and Alec Mills is coming out of the bullpen and Kyle Hendricks. They're all kind of the same guy. Uh, so I'm really curious to see what their starting rotation is towards the middle of the season, towards the end of the season. And Craig Kimbrell, he looked good the other day. He's throwing harder. His slider is better, but he's still just a wild card for me out of the bullpen. Uh, I, I'm nervous about their pitching. If I, would, if I were a Cubs fan, I think their offense is going to be okay at the end of the season just because of their core four. Um, but but their pitching is is a little bit dicey for me. How about this weekend and your starters this weekend? What could fans uh, look forward to to seeing from the Brewers? We got Adrian Hauser who goes on Saturday, and then Brett Anderson on Sunday. And you're going to see a lot of ground balls uh, for Adrian Hauser, who had a, a better start his last time out against Minnesota. Gave up a run in the first inning, and then was fine for his next four. A lot of sinker balls, uh, but he throws it at 94 to 96. He's, he's got some good stuff, and I, I think he's poised to have a really good season. And then on, on Sunday, you got a lefty in Brett Anderson who, if he throws 91, it, it might be a mistake. ton of ground balls, works fast. He's almost like Brent Suter coming out of our bullpen, where if you're not ready as a hitter, he's going to be throwing two pitches before he can even blink. Um, but you're going to see a lot of ground balls and balls in play, and the pace, the pace should be a little bit better over the weekend, especially on the mound. You get the chance, I'll wrap it up with this, to uh, work with Bob Uecker, and that's the one thing about uh, so many things about the pandemic that I don't like, but don't get the chance to see you and Bob and, mm-hmm. and some of the others. How, how's Bob doing? Bob's doing great. He's doing great. Thanks for asking. Um, you know, 87 years old, turned 87 at the end of at the end of January, and still swimming every single day. We had to we had to reprogram his iPod so that he could listen to it as he was swimming underwater. And, and his playlist is something really just to behold. It's just amazing. What's on um, it? What do you got? Oh my gosh, there's so much stuff. It's uh, it's a lot of Phantom of the Opera, some Bette Midler mixed in there, some. Um, some Andre Bocelli. Um, I mean, it's it's really impressive stuff. I don't know how anybody stays awake while they swim <laughs> listening to that kind of stuff. Uh, not not that I don't appreciate it, but I just don't know if I could exercise listening to it. <laughs> he's, he's the greatest. Hey, buddy, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it very much, and uh, hopefully sooner rather than later we'll be able to see each other in person. I like it, Mac. Take it easy, all right? You got it. You too. That's Jeff uh, Levering. He is an outstanding play-by-play voice of the Milwaukee Brewers. Man, I miss seeing you because normally he pulls me aside, BK, and then he just starts rattling off jokes, and I'm getting like late-night stand-up, and it's awesome. I mean, the guy is hilarious. He is hilarious. There's no other way to put it, so miss seeing him uh, at the ballpark, no doubt. Yeah, yesterday was um, it, it was amazing in a million different ways. The one thing that would have made it just that much better is both if you could have had the 40,000 fans in the stands and for you, Dan, I know personally, to be able to see all your buddies that are coming in from Milwaukee to be able to cover that game. But I will say from, from my side of things, it was really cool hanging out with just people from around the, the stations at Hubbard Radio it was like normal life again, where I could go grab a beer with friends that I could actually talk to for an extended period of time. I I legitimately have not done that in over a year. And so to be able to do that yesterday was really, really cool. Yeah, I, I've had people uh, reach out to me and say, and I was mentioning to you how, and one guy said, I didn't really believe you when I was listening to you and BK yesterday about how cool it would be to reconnect with those that sit around me, season ticket holder. And he called me this morning and said, 
I was so wrong. He said it was the best part of because he was even debating whether to go to the game. He's like, I just may watch it on TV and and take it in that way. And he said, I'm so glad I didn't do it. And he said the Arnado home run was great. Festivities were great. But uh, and not to get too sappy, he said, but the best part was to reconnect with these people I haven't seen in well over a year to go to the ballpark, have a hot dog, have a beer and talk to my friends I haven't seen for over a year. So I'm sure a lot of people have stories about that, too, which was, as you're saying, the best part maybe of of the day. It's the little things in life, man. It really is. And I know it sounds sappy, but baseball is a romantic sport. It is very, very slow. It is about the moments. It is about what you saw from Nolan Arnout. And it's also about the people. Like, it's about going to the game with your dad and playing a game of catch and seeing the people, like you said, that you haven't seen in the last year and going through the rituals that you do at opening day. And maybe there's something that you do before every at-bat, whatever it may be, right? You're sitting in the same spot at every game. And there's just there's something about the rhythm of the summer and going to Cardinals baseball games, especially here in St. Louis. That is really special. And you felt it again for the first time yesterday in about two years for a lot of people. BK is at EMB Granite. The Blues are maybe skating this morning at uh, Scott Trade. They've got a game tonight. So he is at EB uh, Granite and uh, the Blues are playing tonight. What time is that, uh, Tanner? What time is our pregame? We will have pregame at 6 o'clock with Alex Ferrario puck drop at 7. 6 and uh, 7. So make sure you're tuned in all day to 101 ESPN. We'll be back with more in just a moment. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. the show 1042 here in st louis time check brought to you by clarkson jewelers and bk is at enb granite the blues practice home i'm danny mack we are in the studios of 101 espn it's an off day for the cardinals i don't like friday off days by the way bk (laughs) i'm not a fan of them um the marlins in the oddity of the schedule of a first week when you have these opening days the marlins and the rays play three in a row you're in a dome stadium no no reason to take a day off and the reason that you have these fridays off is that for instance if you're rained out snowed out whatever cold out uh you got friday to come back and get your festivities in for your home opener but i gotta tell you i I know why they do it i just don't like it I, i don't have to like it so i don't like it i don't like fridays off yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, Dan. I would think that maybe you would like having a Friday off because now you get to go home and hang out and watch a million different baseball games from around the league, <laughs> as I know you will. I will. Um, but, you know, it, it, it throws things off a little bit. I will say for the Cardinals, it might actually have been a blessing in disguise depending on Goldie's health. I mean, it, getting him an extra off day thrown in here along with yesterday – it could potentially be a really good thing for them that they weren't planning for, obviously. Yeah, we'll see how he is when he gets to the ballpark. Tomorrow was a sore lower back that kept him out of the opening day lineup, and that was, you know, you're now, what, 4-2, and two, so um, are you 4-2? and two? No, 5-2, and 5-2. and two. Yeah, So you've played uh, seven games, thank you. And uh, I'm, I'm up to date here, BK, I'm, I'm on it. So you've played seven games, you know, it's opening day, you'd love to see him in there, but in the big picture of things, your first week into a season, so you're going to hold him out. Hopefully it's nothing serious and he's back in there tomorrow. If not, it's interesting what the Cardinals may want to do with the lineup. Who do you put at second uh, in that lineup behind uh, will be Nolan Arenado and then hitting behind him. Is it maybe Matt Carpenter getting a start at first base 
for tomorrow with a right-hander on the mound. Maybe John Nagowski would go Sunday when you have a lefty on the mound. Those are some of the things that Mike Schilt right now is thinking about and Ali Marmol as they prepare for this weekend series. I think it's a right field decision as much as it is a first base decision, Dan, because it's really it comes down to who would you rather have in the lineup, basically, John Nagowski or Justin Williams, you know, and I think you might be right. Maybe it's a situation where on Saturday against a right, you have Justin Williams and right. You have Tommy Edmond at second. You have Matt Carpenter at first and you move forward that way. And then on Sunday, when you've got the lefty on the mound, uh, that's going to be what's really interesting, Dan, because you could even go with John Nagowski at first, Tommy Edmond at second, and then maybe you put Austin Dean in right field in yep. that game. So they, they've got a lot of different ways that they can go about this, but Mike Schilt has talked ad nauseum throughout the spring and then into the season about the matchups and how he's going to play to those. This weekend is really where you start playing to those matchups if Goldie is not available. So Williams and Dean right now, one for 21. And if the record was reversed, we'd be talking a lot about that. That would be one of those sore thumbs that's sticking out. And you'd say, uh-oh, that's that's a problem. We we got to make sure that, you know, we got to start looking at this your weekend. And you're starting to see some of the trends. So combined, they're one for 21 of concern is the 11 strikeouts. So you want to have competitive at bats with that. Goldie out yesterday was a precaution. Carpenter started at first. He batted second. And uh, Carpenter, you know, he's just got nothing to show for it. He's had two of the hardest hit balls so far this week. He had the long fly ball that was hit in left center by uh, in, in Miami. And then yesterday, he had a fly out to right center field. It was the furthest uh, ball that was hit on the day and the second hardest hit ball of the day. So you can show him those metrics and try to keep him positive. But the bottom line is you got to see some results, and you're not seeing that. He's just got to have one of those days where he gets a couple of flares and then, okay, the pressure's off, let's go play baseball. But you know he's wearing it right now. You know he's feeling it because he's somebody that would love to be counted on, And but if you're not getting hits, you can't, and that's the problem. You can't, but he he looks better at the plate right now than Justin Williams or Austin Dean. I would know? agree with that. So, that's why if if I'm going into a game right now, I, I still do not think you should be batting him second. I do not think you should be batting him. Maybe you could argue fifth, but I think bottom half of the order at the, at the very minimum for Matt Carpenter right now. And I think that if you go into a game tomorrow or Sunday or whenever right now, I, I feel better about him than either of your options in right field. And so for the time being, until maybe Harrison Bader gets back or until we see something different out of those guys in right field, I'm fine with Matt Carpenter getting more consistent at bats. And I know that there is a segment of this fan base that hears me say that and they want to throw up in their mouth. And I get it. I hear you. The numbers are not there. I cannot point to, yeah, look at his batting average. I can't even point to look at his on-base percentage or his OPS. But if you look at some of the underlying metrics that you're referencing, Dan, they are better for Carpenter than they are either of your options right now in right field. And that's really the decision point that they would have to make. That's BK. I'm Danny Mack. Alex and BK coming up for three hours after this show. We'll cross it over next. This is the Danny Mack Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Okay, this is when you know that uh, you live in a baseball town. Uh, Carolyn <clears throat> Hecker, who is a reporter for Channel 4, just tweeted at me and says, Must see, this St. Peter's couple, couple delivered their baby the moment Cardinals Nolan Arenado hit a home run on opening day. 
They could hear the call by, and it, they put me in it, on a TV in a nearby room. They threw out the other names out the window and went with Nolan. No way, really? <laughs> that's amazing. We've got to find these people. Oh, that's great. Uh, it's St. Peter's Couple. It's on that's my That's a hell feed. yes, Dan. That is a hell oh, yes. Oh, yeah, it's great. That's awesome. I think that's hilarious. That's great. So they said, well, we had these other names, I guess. And they said, well, the, the baby came right when he hit the home run. So, uh you know, we're going with Nolan. Love it. Love I think it. there might be a few other Nolans that come out over the next few years, Dan. Maybe so. I don't so. think that he will be alone. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, let's start with this. What do you guys have coming up on your show? Yeah, looking forward to it today. We've got your guy Izzy coming up at 1130. You stole him from me. I apologize, Dan. I think okay. we'll have an opportunity to talk with him on uh, Danny Mac's show at some point this year as well. And very By the excited. way, going, going back to Izzy, Izzy just for a yeah, second, I, I was really curious about all the red jackets that were there. My, I was most curious about Izzy. Izzy talked about what that moment would be to be, in, you know, announced as a Cardinals Hall of Famer. That was a big deal to him. So I'm really fascinated by what he has to say. Now, it wasn't the normal where you're out there and you're greeting the players and you're down on the field and trying to be socially distant, but still getting the acknowledgement of here's the all-time saves leader in Cardinals history, Cardinals Hall of Famer Jason Isringhausen. I'm looking forward to that. So go yeah, ahead. I'm sorry. We'll definitely be asking him about that for sure. And just what it what the whole experience was like yesterday from start to finish and everything in between. And at 145 today, it was the only time he could do. And we will make time for him. We will ask Ryan Braun if he wants to play right field for the Cardinals this year. So Ryan Braun is coming up. He was doing some games with Bob Uecker in spring training. Um, I do wonder. I am curious if he's got the itch to play. He had a pretty good season last year. Yeah, he was really good and productive at the plate. And uh, listen, it here in St. Louis, I, I joke about asking that. They've got a spot <laughs> that he could absolutely help in, and I know there is not a whole lot of love lost between Ryan Braun and St. Louis fans, <laughs> um, but if he started producing in the lineup for the Cardinals, I think that that would change over time. Well, it'd be interesting to see if he wants to come back and do sure. that. One of the great uh, hitters in Brewers history. So Alex and BK are coming up. Blues trade deadline right around the corner. What do you think? We're, we're going to be doing the show on Monday. That's the trade deadline. You think there's any activity with the Blues this weekend? I do. The news coming out of the morning skate from Jeremy Rutherford is that it looks like they're going to go with the same lineup in tonight's game as they did on Wednesday. So that would mean Mike Hoffman is once again likely to be a healthy scratch. And if he's going to be a healthy scratch again tonight in two of their must-win games prior to the deadline, I have a really hard time believing that he will be here on Tuesday. So if there's going to be activity, I would imagine it probably has something to do with Mike Hoffman. Tanner, great job. BK as well. Looking forward to your show. So Izzy and Ryan Braun coming up, and we'll talk to you Monday at 10. And have a great weekend, everybody. You've been listening to The Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.